Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in episode 184, What's Right with Nick Wright. Get right into it today. We had an awesome week five in the NFLs. Back-to-back weeks with a London game. So back-to-back weeks of like 14 straight hours of football that we need to get to. We will start, of course, as we always do with what missed. Justin Jefferson, the best wide receiver in the league, headed to IR, which could cause a sell-off in Minnesota. You wonder if Donnell Hunter, you wonder if Marcus Davenport, you wonder if Kirk Cousins all could be available. Miami does not kneel down, blows the game, just indefensible uh, by the Miami Hurricanes. My pal Mike Ryan and the Levitard Show still reeling about that. And then there is this theory from DeMonze, who's now on screen, Demonze's lava shark theory, which the was theory. this. Tw- Demonze, I didn't put this in the show. I'm just letting you know they put it in there. Underwater <laughs> volcano erupted and is releasing mutated sharks that adapted to a very hot acidic water. And then Matt Ford tried to kind of, you know, cut the mood in the room with a gambling question. Then Demonze said the lava sharks, sh- sharks tend to agree. We also have a NASA tweet about this very thing. Uh, you've heard of Sharknado. Now get ready for Sharkano. The Kavachi volcano in the Solomon Islands is home to two species of sharks. It's also the most active submarine volcanoes in the Pacific seen here erupting underwater. So, Demonze, I haven't really followed up on this story. Can you explain <laughs> this to me, if you don't mind? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a volcano in the Solomon Islands uh, that erupted. It erupts apparently like all the time. And they've got a couple species of sharks over there. It's like hammerhead, and I don't know what the other one is. But apparently the latest eruption has caused them to be freed. And I think they're about to start branching out, taking their talents to other spots. What do you mean freed? They were trapped? Where were they trapped? That's what it seemed like. They were like kind of... The volcano apparently opened something up, and they're coming up out of it. This is like the exact plot to a, a movie that I've seen. But it's actually happening. Like, I'm not lying. Okay, listen, folks, I think folks might be right now chuckling a bit, you know, at Demonte. Let me tell you something. I don't know anyone that knows more about animals, like random (laughs) facts about animals, than Demonte. We were at uh, this thing in New York City. I forget what it's called. 
It's like it's not the Westminster Dog Show, but it, I think it's in conjunction with that. Oh, the American Kennel Club Meet the Breeds, where at the Javits Center there were like a thousand different dog breeds, one or two of each breed that you could come through mm-hmm. and meet. And Demonze went with me and his baby sister Deanna, and there was this person who had some type of Doberman. It was I think an, it, it was, was. A, it was an, a, it was an American Doberman, is what she said. Uh, I it, thought it, it was a European do- Doberman. Good. Uh, no, exactly right. And then the, and the lady was like, "No, no, there's no such thing as European right. Dobermans or American Dobermans. They've been lying to you, blah blah." blah. And Demonze so hard to just, just eat that as well, <laughs> right? And Demonze just straight Googled it and checked her. Like, actually, you're wrong. That's not true. Now he didn't say that to her. He said it to me after, but he knew she was wrong. So I say all that to say this. If Demonze's saying that, you know, a few generations from now, we're going to have some evolved sharks that can deal with super hot oceans that we're about to have to deal with because of climate change, I'd listen to him. I would adjust your scuba diving plans accordingly. All right, that's enough <laughs> nonsense to start today's show. What are we starting with, Demonze? We are starting with my guy, Brock Purdy, and the 49ers. They obviously steamrolled Dallas. Steamrolled yeah. Dallas on Sunday. Um, of course, you're waiting for him to win the Super Bowl to give him his props. Uh, so what 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 is it going to take for you to start believing in Purdy? I actually think that you said something about uh, if he won this game in Dallas, we were going to come back and like bookmark or something, bookmark something, something like that, yeah. something along those lines. So two separate things. Will I give Brock Purdy credit for what he did Sunday? Absolutely, unequivocally, yes. I will. I I wanted to see him against a very good defense, and I'm not going to do the sports media thing where I now act like, well, Dallas's defense isn't that good. I that that's unfair. I thought going now going into the year, I thought Dallas had the best defense in the NFL, the number one defense. I don't think that anymore, partially because of the Diggs injury, but that is they obviously have a good to very good to at times great defense, and he carved them up. The other thing I I said I wanted to see was him make more tight window, high-level throws, and he made four of those, at least four of them, Sunday night. I asked everybody to go to, you know, to keep the running log, wows and yikes. I counted five wows and one yikes. So I am going to be fair in evaluating his performance on Sunday. I thought he was excellent, okay? Now, the next question you asked, or the other question you asked is, what will it take for me to believe he's the real deal? What will it take for me to believe that he is not the obvious weakest link of the team? More. So I will give him credit for Sunday, but am I now going to say I'm a full-fledged Brock Purdy believer? I'm not. That would be lying. So uh, listen, you guys can get, people can get upset with me, but they can't say I'm being dishonest. I am giving him credit for Sunday while also saying I still have my skepticism. I still have my skepticism that the other shoe is not going to drop. Go ahead, Demase. Who's got the best defense outside of the Niners, you think? 
Well, I think I think Cleveland has a case. They so might have the best defense in the NFL. Go ahead. They go. They obviously just played Dallas, which is a high level defense, and now they're going to play Cleveland mm-hmm. next. So, so it's another chance to Demonte, prove himself. It's San Francisco at Cleveland. Have you looked at the lines for this week? No, but I. It's probably. What do you think the line is? Uh, San Francisco at Cleveland. San Francisco minus four and a half, maybe. Um, All right, you nailed like that. that. That is a great job by you. Four and a half. That is ex- four. It so it <laughs> before before Sunday night football. It was San Francisco before that game kicked off. So at eight p.m. Sunday, it was San Francisco minus two and a half. And you looked at that and you were like, "Huh? They're only laying two and a half points." Now they were so dominant on Sunday night football that by yesterday morning it was San Francisco minus four, and I believe at this point it's minus four and a half. And in fact. It, it's now moved to minus five, but it was two and a half mm. Sunday night, and now it's minus five. Here is you. So, two notes on that. One is the NFL this year, I said this going into Bills Jags, is four for four on the hot team getting humbled. Mm-hmm. Week one, yeah. or you could even argue five for five if we want to include the Chiefs losing the in Chiefs. week one, but that's. <laughs> But take that out. The team of the week, week one, was the Lions for beating the Chiefs. They then go home and lose to Seattle. The team of the week for week two was the Cowboys for two thoroughly dominating victories, 40 to nothing and 30 to 10. They then lose to Arizona. The team of the week, week three, was Miami for scoring 70 points in a football game. They then get blown out by Buffalo. The team of the week, week four, was Buffalo for beating Miami. They then go to London and get thoroughly dominated a game that was not as close as the score indicated by Jacksonville. Who's the team of the week right now, Demonze? That'd be the Niners. Um, Careful now. Careful, America. So that's a kind of a bigger point. That's not really a Brock Purdy point. But the Browns coming off a bye, the, the Niners coming off the emotional high of we beat Dallas. We asserted ourselves. Now all of a sudden, and they, clearly they gotta really go. Wanted to beat Dallas, so. and they really wanted to beat Dallas. Now they have to go cross country, a one o'clock game, not nationally televised, out of conference. One of their quote less important games of the year against a rested, excellent defense. And Deshaun Watson, who gave himself two bye weeks because he wasn't feeling quite up to it last week, that could be a trap spot. It'll be fresh. It, it, yeah. And so, listen, the Purdy stuff, people keep asking me a version of this question. Would my feeling of on Brock Purdy be different if he were a first-round pick? And the answer to that question is obviously yes. But it is not just because... Uh, oh, okay, so you're saying he could be the exact same player and if he was first-round pick? Kind of, but not really. Because if he were a first-round pick, it would also mean he was a better collegiate player. He has a longer track record of high-level success. And this player he's turned into, 
this guy who never makes mistakes is simply not who he was at Iowa State. He had at Iowa State uh, a couple of the most cartoonish mistakes yeah. you've ever seen. Did you? Uh, you saw that clip going around the I internet did. this week, Demonze, where did. he did the Deshaun Watson like, throw it backwards yeah. against, I think, TCU, and the one where his pass gets batted down and then he bats it forward. I mean, that, it's the same guy. And... Now, let me say one other thing about Brock Purdy that I don't think is unfair. Every time I watch, last night included, Jimmy Garoppolo go be terrible, I am more skeptical of Brock Purdy. <laughs> because while we didn't see Jimmy... Hold on, you're shaking your head. But let, let, me, let me ask... Let's set this situation, okay? Let's say, Demonze, that I'm trying to find. All right, I'm going to use a totally unfair analogy. I'm saying this on the front end, okay? Let's say this podcast were one of the five most popular in the world. And there were people arguing that, you know, Demonze's the key to this. Demonze is the reason for it. (laughs) And there were other people then arguing that no, I think it's I, I think it's Nick. I think it's Nick. And that was a big debate. And right. then you left and you got replaced by literally a random person. You got right. you got replaced by Daniel, the Nuggets fan who produces the show. Okay. And the show actually started to do a little bit better. And you started your own podcast. And it failed miserably. And then all of a sudden, people were like, you know what? I think Daniel's the greatest podcaster ever. And someone's like, hold on a second. The common denominator's been Nick and Demonze. We can see him. He's failing terribly. And then people are like, nope. Daniel, the Nuggets fan, is the greatest pod. Is, you know what? The he might be the next Joe Rogan. Wait, and it's like, and they're, I think they were now, conversely, let's say that exact same thing happened. But when you went on to do your pod, it also was a massive success. People then, I think, would start to question, like, oh, maybe they did find another diamond in the rough in Daniel. And so people can say it's unfair that my opinion of Brock Purdy is impacted by how Jimmy Garoppolo does. But when I had this same argument about Jimmy Garoppolo for years, he then leaves the cocoon of Kyle Shanahan and immediately leads the NFL in interceptions and looks terrible. Immediately. With Devontae Adams and his former offensive coordinator as his head coach, it makes me a little more skeptical. Now, is that fair to Purdy? I don't know. It's just honest. And I'm going to say one other thing on this. I think you started that Pur- off with saying, let me go be ahead. fair. <laughs> but go <Yeah>. ahead. <laughs> well, I wanted to be fair. At the, I'm trying to be fair and honest, and at times they seem to be Honesty in conflict. can be unfair. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I want to say one other thing. I am going to lose my mind 
if people actually start to make the argument Brock Purdy's the MVP of the league. <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. That's That should be a bridge too far. Like, I have come <laughs> a decent amount of ways. I have come from, I don't think the guy is any good, to, I'm open to the possibility he could be good. I need some of the other folks to not all of a sudden make the argument that a guy who if the Niners, th- this is how I know he's not the MVP of the league. Here's how I know it. If the Niners, Demonze disbanded, if they were like the Niners, you get the team death penalty, all your say, players are free agents. Brock Purdy. Nobody's going to well, pick him who's up. The, well, I'm not saying nobody's going to pick him up, <laughs> but I'm saying seven of his, no, what I'm saying is seven of his teammates get drafted first. I'm oh. simply asking that can we can we not have a, a guy named the most valuable player in the NFL if no one thinks he's the best or second or third or fourth best player on his own team? That's all I'm asking, and that's are you, fair. <laughs> are you a little fr- afraid that this take will will go into your comically wrong category? Instead oh, of the eventually the right, because it's it's, 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 it's been a few weeks and it's not right yet, um, and it's definitely eventually. It's been, listen, uh, but I guess we got it's on more the weeks board. <laughs> it, 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 it is on the board that we go back and play this when Brock Purdy's career record is thirty-seven and three, and he's won a Super Bowl. Like now, the ultimate karmic. If people are rooting against me, the the way this story is supposed to end is with Brock Purdy out dueling Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. That's that's the way. That's, it sounds like heartache. This story uh, is supposed and, to and end. Talk about never a doubt. That'd be hilarious, dude. <laughs> if the Niners yeah, are the team season. that goes undefeated, if the Niners are the team that goes undefeated and then they beat the Chiefs, um, but so I am trying. I'm trying not to be a hater. I'm also trying to be honest. All right, next. All right, so I'm going to oh, ask you. Oh, by the way, in, hold on. The... Sorry, Demonze. Sorry, I meant to I had to tell the audience. Please don't forget, you can put your questions in the YouTube comments, and we'll get to them in the C block. I've been forgetting to tell people that. And so we the so if you guys want to ask questions to me or Demonze, who looks great today, by the way, you can put those questions in the C block. Or you can put those questions in the chat oh, now. We'll get to them in the C block. All right, go ahead. All right, so I'm going to ask, do you still think that the Cowboys can win the Super Bowl? Or, like, are you abandoning that? Or how do we – because, I mean, it's in the rundown, and I just don't know if that's still your your thought process. Okay. If it's not. So I never picked them to win the Super Bowl. I picked them to get to the Super Bowl. And this is where I remind everyone that it's very early. It is very early. And week five – Massive things change over the course of the year, and I think crossing the Cowboys out would be foolish. With that said, I am less confident about them right now than at any point. And I didn't even really care about the Arizona loss. And I think people thought, oh, Nick is you know just trying to make excuses. No, I've just watched the NFL for too long too closely to overreact to a team that I thought was great 
overlooking a crummy opponent and just getting got. Last year, everybody tried to convince me that the Chiefs' loss to the Colts was some something major when I knew it wasn't. I was like, no. I've seen I saw the Bucks lose in week four, the year they won the Super Bowl to the Chicago Bears. The Chiefs lose to the Colts. I see, you know, the the good team overlooking bad team. Bad team gets off to a good start. Ball starts rolling downhill. We see that all the time in this league. So I didn't care so much about that loss. And had they played a good game against the Niners but lost, even though they would be behind the eight ball from a seeding perspective and a record perspective, I could be like, all right, you know what I mean? You can, not, not that big of a deal. The Niners, that I've watched obviously every Cowboys game this year. The gap that we saw, Demonze, between the Cowboys and the Jets in that Week 2 game looked like the gap that we saw between the Niners and the Cowboys. That's horrifying. And it wasn't like, oh, they muffed a punt. Like, I'll go back to that Chiefs-Colts game. That Chiefs-Colts game from week three last year, the Chiefs muff a punt. They then have another fumble. They they end the game on a sack, and there's a, a roughing the passer call. The Colts hit a, a, not a quite Hail Mary, but kind of a Hail Mary. They go for the win instead. It was a lot of like weird stuff that happened. The Niners just bullied the damn Cowboys. And Dak looked totally out of sorts. McCarthy did so many vintage bad McCarthy things that you're worried he's going to do come the postseason. And Tony Pollard could get nothing going. There was no phase of the game where the Cowboys looked like they were in the Niners league. Now I go back to long season and things can evolve as the year goes on. And I will also be fair in this regard. Had the Cowboys won, everyone would be saying, well, good for them, but prove you can do it in the playoffs because they've lost the Niners in the playoffs back-to-back years. But it is concerning that the Niners, that Dak has not played well against this version of the Niners ever, that the Niners mollywopped them the way they did Pardon me. All of that is greatly concerning. I also will say this. I don't think the NFC is a two-team race. I think it's a five-team race. I think the Niners and Eagles have earned the benefit of the doubt to be considered the cream of the crop. They were both excellent last year. They're both undefeated this year. But I think Detroit and Seattle are also viable contenders. And then there's Dallas. Right now, this moment of that five-team race, Dallas is in last place. Not just by record, but by eye test. Dallas doesn't... So all the other teams, like Philly doesn't necessarily have a marquee win, but they're undefeated. 
The Niners have a marquee win over Dallas. Seattle's got a marquee win over Detroit. Detroit's got a marquee win over Kansas City. Dallas's three wins have come against the three worst offenses in football. Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones. And so there are real concerns uh, for the Dallas Cowboys right now. I'm not writing them off, but through five weeks, it's wildly disappointing. Next. All right, so last week you said that the Bengals were cooked. That was one of your takes that you uh, planted your flag on, actually. Uh, The offense is showing signs of life. I warned you about this, actually. With the rest of the AFC North in shambles, are you ready to be back in on Cincy? I don't know if everything's in shambles over there, but we'll let you answer. Uh, Well, tough game for your Ravens. Let's be honest. Tough game. Uh, Yeah. Tough game. uh, No business losing that game. And, yeah. of course, when I abandon the Steelers as after picking them each week, they win as five-point dogs. Uh, no, I think the Bengals are still cooked. And here's why. <laughs> the Ravens are going to bounce back and go beat Tennessee. I believe Cincinnati is going to lose at home this week to Seattle. A Seattle team that had been dealing with injuries is getting guys back now has is coming off a bye, has two awesome corners uh, in Weatherspoon and, and Reek Woolen. Higgins is dinged up with the ribs. So they'll be, I think that if any team is set up to be able to handle Jamar Chase, it's a team with two number one corners. You can put one on him and still double him. And so all of a sudden, I think after Sunday, Cincinnati's going to be two and four with their next two games being the Niners and the Bills. So, no, I I think the <laughs> – and I where I will give Cincinnati credit is Joe did look better this week, and the numbers were far better, but he still – it, he can't – because of that calf, he's not throwing the ball well down the field. He had the one bomb to chase – but aside from that, he was one for four of balls traveling more than 15 yards through the air. He doesn't quite look right. So, no, I don't. Cincinnati has. It, oh, so they're one and. I'm sorry, two and three. So they have 12 games remaining. Here are some of those games home for Seattle, at the Niners, home for the Bills, at the Ravens. Two against Pittsburgh, one home, one road. At the Chiefs, and then the final week of the year, home for the Browns, and the Browns always beat them. Their only, quote, easy, unquote, games left are the Texans, who are frisky, the Colts, and the Vikings. So, let's say they win all three of those those easy games, (laughs) and that's five wins, you got to find another five wins, probably. I think that's tough. All right, next. All right, the Patriots have been blown out 72-3 to in their last couple of games. Mac Jones has gotten benched in back-to-back games as well. Do you think the Patriots are the new Jets of the NFL? Well, I don't know if they're the new Jets, but I do think they have the least talented roster, the least talented the offense in the team. league by far. They're so yeah. boring. They're poorly coached. There's, it has been an institutional failure by Belichick on talent acquisition and evaluation. And Mac Jones is terrible. 
and I was the the I it is not the same as the Purdy thing, I promise you. Yeah. But I had to listen. Mac Jones's rookie year to people telling me, Nick, you won't give him credit. What more do you want him to do? Look at his numbers versus Trevor Lawrence's. Why won't you acknowledge you were wrong about him? And I said, no, <laughs> I will not. Now, obviously, Purdy is better than Mac. I'm not denying that. But what I will say is this. Honestly, if Mac Jones were the quarterback of the Niners, I think they're 5-0. and I don't think their record's different. Do you? I don't think you do. I don't think that I and also remember Kyle Shanahan reportedly wanted to draft Mac Jones when they ended up drafting Trey Lance. So I'm not I do think the Patriots would be better with Brock Purdy than Mac Jones, obviously. But I don't think the Niners record would be worse with Mac Jones. Now how the I think how Mac they Jones look and all those at least things. one loss. I think he equals. What what game loss. could they have lost? They they um, they've been blowing people out. I don't know. I mean, they, it's going to be hard to find the law. They won forty two to ten. They could have lost that the Rams gap game. Between, they could have lost that Rams. The game. Rams game maybe. The Ram. Um, the, but did I mean it's hard to find in that Rams game? By the way, though, Purdy was seventeen of twenty five for two hundred yards, no touchdowns. Like that was maybe his worst game of the year. So I don't know. Fair. I the the Patriots stink is the long and short of it, and Belichick's not going to get Shula's <laughs> record in New England. That's not going to happen. Go ahead. Little conspiracy theory here. Do you think Belichick sure. is keeping Mac Jones in on purpose to tank so he can get Caleb Williams and like strategically taking him out as if he's a little pissed off, you know, to make it seem a little bit so, more believable? Here is the thing that is interesting about that I don't think that's the case because if they were to get the number one pick I don't think Kraft would let Belichick stay on as coach so he'd be getting Caleb Williams for the next team or for the next coach pardon me but I am now to the point with some of these teams that thought they were playoff contenders this year in the AFC that I am now rooting for them to win games because I don't want them to be able to get Caleb. Caleb. Like last night, I was watching Raiders-Packers, and traditionally, if you're a Chiefs fan and you have a team in your division playing a team in the NFC, you're rooting for the NFC team to, you know what I mean, to make your path to a divisional title easier. I was rooting like crazy for the Raiders last night because I need them to stack a few wins. I am now legit worried that the Broncos are going to end up with Caleb Williams. For real. They're so bad. And so, like, the Chiefs play the Broncos twice in the next 16 or in the next 20 days. I am, I, I am, or less than that, what, in the next three weeks. I am upset that the Chiefs don't have a late, late season game against Denver when the Chiefs have everything locked up that they can just (laughs) throw it to make sure Denver doesn't get Caleb Williams. Because I'm looking at Denver's schedule the rest of the way. And I'm trying to... So, like, 
I, I really need the Packers to keep helping out the AFC West by losing to these AFC West teams because Denver goes at KC, home for the Packers, home for KC. Like, I need Denver to win that Packers game. They they have a game against the Vikings I need them to win because they don't have a lot of wins left on the schedule. New England, they have the Jets again. Belichick always beats the Jets. They're at the Raiders this week. The Raiders on a short week. Maybe they can win that. They have the Commanders and Colts at home. Or no, the Colts game's in Germany or something. Every game's but a game I, for the Pats, man. Every game. They're so pathetic, man. <laughs> and if they end up with Caleb Williams, I'm going to be so upset. I am just dead set on the Panthers continuing to be awful. Because that pick goes to Chicago, and then Caleb's in the NFC. A sneaky team that's still viable for the number one pick is the Cardinals. Like, they've been, pardon me, in a lot of these games, but their only win is against Dallas. And they are, the Cardinals' next four is at the Rams, at the Seahawks, home for the Ravens, at the Browns. So the Cardinals all of a sudden could be one and eight. And right yeah. there in the Caleb Williams pole position, as was the plan. But I I do not need, and the NFL doesn't need Caleb in the AFC. Because if we're, by the way, this quarterback class, Bryce looks like the worst of them. Who could have seen that coming? Guys, your sister's height. And and uh, Stroud looks awesome. And it, Stroud looks awesome. Elite and he's in the AFC. Pedigree. And he looks great, bro. Um, all right. Remember, you guys can put in your questions in the chat. Take a quick break. Come back. What's right? With Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, you will be eating stress-free this spring. Each meal is chef-crafted, fresh, and dietitian approved More importantly, they are never frozen and ready to eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled up all day long. Try meals with premium ingredients like filet mignon, truffle butter, and shrimp. Restaurant-quality food that you do not have to prep, cook, or clean up delivered right to your doorstep and if you need to change your deliveries you can pause or reschedule whenever you like factor is your solution for fast and premium meals also for the month of april factor is celebrating earth day all month long look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu for our lowest carbon footprint meals so what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next. Fuel up fast, eat better, and get back to what you love doing this spring with Factor. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright, episode 184. Don't forget to put your questions in the chat. We'll get to them shortly. Demonze, uh, what are we doing now before we play right ends? On Thursday's pod, you or last Thursday's pod, you channeled your inner Nickstradamus and called the Jags upset over the Bills. What was the bigger win for you, 
the Bills blowing it in front of the whole world or Trevor locking up the title for best international player in NFL history? Well, the prince that was promised what is the best international player in history. That's not even debatable. But by the way, did you see what – before I even answer this question, did you see what Ben Solak, who I like a lot, great podcaster, great writer for The Ringer, what he wrote about Brock Purdy? No, what are you I'm going to read it to you. Good things. Okay. Let's see. Well – so here's the thing, because he was talking about the fact that the Niners are now the fifth team in the last 20 years to score 30-plus in every in each of their first five games of the year, and the other four teams oh, were quarterbacked yeah. by Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, and all four of those teams, by the way, made the Super Bowl. They all lost in the Super Bowl, by the way. This is what he wrote. Um... The very fact that Peyton Manning and Tom Brady before him failed, meaning lost Super Bowl, makes me feel all the more certain that Purdy is the chosen one, the boy who lived, Kwisatz Haderach, the prince that was promised. He wrote that about (laughs) Brock Purdy. Ben Solak, you're on notice. Somebody send this to Ben. Him, if you go, if you type in Trevor Lawrence football reference and you click there, when you go there, you know what it says right next to his glowing, beautiful blonde locks and the name William Trevor Lawrence? It then says in parentheses, the prince who was promised on his official pro football reference page to call Brock Purdy that, Benjamin is an outrage, and it will not stand. Now, to your question. We saw that Jags win coming. See that coming from a mile away. And everybody thinks I'm some massive hater on the Buffalo Bills when all I am is a truth teller. That you can set your watch to it, that as when things are going great, they are going to all of a sudden spit the bit. And people had the audacity to blame it on the jet lag. Now, I said I did think Jacksonville was going to have an edge in that category. Wait, but, what, but what do you the, wait, I was going to say, what do you mean? What do you mean they gave the, they, they blamed it on the trap? Isn't the travel the main thing you're always saying is like a big factor? Hold so, on. Wait, yes, it, on? It, it, it is a big factor, of course. And res- grown up teams. Teams that are that have a level of consistency and emotional maturity, they either understand how to deal with it or they don't fly to London on Friday. Why did you do that? Why did you fly there <laughs> on Friday you? for uh, for a Sunday morning game? Now, here's the other thing that the conversation no one wants to have. Last 16 games, Demonze, playoffs and included. If you're a quarterback wins person, Trevor's record the last 16, 11 and 5. Jo- leave Demonze on the screen, please. Josh's record, 11 and 5. And by the way, Trevor in the last 16 has had to play Kansas City three times 0 and 3 against the Chiefs, 11 and 2 <laughs> against everyone else. That's true. Last 16 games, Trevor completing 68% of his passes, Josh, 65%. Last 16 games, so since November 1st to right now. Trevor, 250 yards per game passing. Josh, 
255 yards per game passing. Checkmark Josh, barely. Last 16 games, Trevor, 25 touchdowns to 9 interceptions, a nearly 3-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio. Josh, 30 touchdowns to 16 interceptions, a worse than 2-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio. Last 16 games, Trevor, a 96 passer rating. Josh, a 93 passer rating. We ready to have the conversation yet or no? No, do Everybody let me know when we can. Oh, listen, Purdy's has got everybody beat over the last 12 games, whatever his career is, 11 games. If we are, tell me when we're ready to have the conversation about who (laughs) is actually, because is anyone going to argue, oh, Trevor's got more weapons? No. Trevor's Calvin Ridley now for the last five games. Didn't before. Josh had Stephon Diggs this whole time. Stephon Diggs, by the way, who gave Trevor quite the hug at the end of the game, might have whispered in his ear, get me out of here, bro. Come on, bring me down to that warm weather. I don't know. All I'm saying is, now what do I think this week? I think Josh will look phenomenal this week. And everyone will once again, here's the thing about the Bills, the September champs. They're a half game up on the Jets. That's it. A half game up on the Jets. The Jets are two and three, having beaten the Bills. The Bills are three and two. The Bills, the team everyone said, oh, Nick, you're afraid of, right now are in seventh place in the AFC. Seventh. Now, when they're rolling, they look unbelievable. But they are not a consistent team because they do not have a consistent quarterback. He's great when he's great. And in this London game, twice, Diggs was wide open, deep down the field. The first time, Josh underthrew him, and they they connected, but they ended up getting zero points on what would have been a touchdown, zero points on that drive. And the second time, it got picked off. Both times he was open and he missed them. And while Josh's numbers for the game look good, the Bills had seven points with four and a half minutes left in this football game. Those are just the facts, ladies and gentlemen. We can uh, and I the you know we can move on now. But I I expect the Bills to be awesome this week. I do. But all, one other thing for the Bills, in all seriousness, the Milano injury is brutal. They've now lost Trey White and Matt Milano for the season. They also lost a critical D tackle, maybe not for the season, but for at least a month or so. The injuries are piling up for Buffalo, which sucks, but it has not been a great opening quarter of the season for them. All right, next. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for write-ins. We're going to – we haven't done this in a while. Uh, You write in the answer. I'm going to read the question. We're going to put the – Put the sure. answer on the paper if you guys don't know what we're Except doing. Except I'm not actually uh, writing it because I didn't bring the whiteboard today. So that's my bad. It's too cool I'm for school. I'm just going to say it. Monday Night Football. So Packers fans were not too thrilled with Jordan Love after his three-interception game, uh, including yep. the game sealer. Uh, the Packers ceiling yep. with Jordan Love is blank. Right now, I mean, not as high as I thought. I thought they could win the division. He's been brutal on any passes going down the field. More than five yards. So, I mean, probably nine wins. I do, though, I we don't have to write in for this one. You can, Demonze. You can go ahead and say what your answer is. You can show it. 
What did you mid. write for your answer? It's, 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 it's like a, it looks like Mio, but I couldn't okay, connect it. Okay, that looks like Mio. Okay, um, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I don't think it's super high. I don't think it's super low. I think it's like a mid-rise ceiling. I think, yeah, I think that's right. Right. The most outrageous part of that game was the field goal Josh McDaniels kicked. And I cannot abide this anymore with these coaches. I Listen, so, some of these things that we see from NFL coaches that people just accept would be honestly as if a third of the starting quarterbacks in the league just occasionally took the snap and ran backwards 15 yards and then took a <laughs> knee. And they were like, oh, well, what are you going to do? I mean, he just forgot what his job was randomly. Okay. With two minutes left in this football game and the Raiders up four, Josh McDaniel had a fourth and one from the 35-yard line. He then, that is a choice. That is not a choice. Here is why that was so galling, DeMonze. If the, the odds of picking up the fourth and one are about the same as Carlson making a 52-yard field goal. According to the numbers people, they're both about 60%. I argue that's understating the Raiders' chances of picking up the fourth and one, but regardless. So, kick a field goal, go for it on fourth down. Your success, according to the numbers, is equal. But the result is, one, wins you the f***ing game, and the other, you're just up seven with two minutes left. You're... So, okay, Demonze, you you get it, it I I couldn't believe it. You have two choices. Your odds of succeeding are identical. One wins you the game. The other might win you the game, might not. And he went with that one. It's so indefensible. It's so bad. It's just and it, I don't understand how some of these coaches are so bad at this stuff. It, it you just you can't if you maybe you could make the argument if they were up 6 that there was a reason to do it because then the field goal or the first down win you the game. Same thing, right? But up 4 making the field goal wins you nothing. It just means the Packers get the ball back down 7 with 2 minutes left. Why the first down? You're taking knees, unless you're Mario Cristobal. Next. <laughs> All right, so Kelsey went down with a non-contact injury early in the game. Looked like he could be done for a really long time, but he came back and scored a touchdown. Your honest reaction to the Kelsey injury? I, honestly, and I can prove it to clutch. you, I nope, my honest reaction was I bet the Chiefs huge. Minus two and a half. Because here's why. I thought I thought Romo and Nance, more Romo than Nance, and everyone watching on Twitter was just dead wrong on it. Everybody seemed to be implying or talking around that it was an Achilles. But it to me so clearly was not. First of all, he walked off the field. He walked himself to the locker room. Second of all, you saw him turn his ankle. 
And here's the thing people don't understand about the two different ankle sprains. High ankle sprain, which is devastating, and a regular ankle sprain. The regular ankle sprain is the one you suffer playing basketball all the time. That's when the, your, the outside of your foot goes under. I wish I could. Can I show it? That's this. This movement. Like, you know what I mean? When you're playing basketball and you turn your ankle. That's the, did I say that's the high ankle sprain? If I did, I saw. You said that was low. That's the low. Correct. All right, good. That's the regular ankle sprain. That's the one that every athlete has suffered hundreds of times. You tape it up and you move on. The devastating one, the one that Mahomes suffered, the one that can knock you out for a month is the opposite. That's when the inside of your foot goes, I can't, I'm not flexible enough, but that's where the inside of your foot goes towards the ground. And that is actually like a lower leg injury. So you saw the type of ankle sprain it was from Kelsey because everybody, the, the, the sports medicine guys, the doctors that watch the games, like David Chow, all those guys said, Inversion ankle sprain, tape it up and play. Everyone else was like, oh my God, Achilles. Oh, the turf. Oh, these things. He reached for his ankle. All this nonsense. People love a sad story. And and so because of that, the Chiefs at halftime were only minus two and a half. So I wasn't worried. Maybe I should have been. Now, was I 100% confident he was going to come back in the game? No, but I... I I liked the Chiefs in that spot, even without Kelsey, and I thought he was going to be fine. Pe- because the guy suffered uh, a hyperextended knee in the preseason, they're acting like he hasn't been the, one of the most durable tight ends in NFL history. Uh, so I wasn't that well, concerned. <clears throat> and uh, Go it ahead. It look like there's a little bug coming on. A little bit. Well, I don't know. Bit. He turned his ankle. He missed one yeah. drive. He was fine. He's year. fine. Chiefs are fine. Next. I bet he did. All right. Check the tape. <laughs> I bet he did turn his ankle last year. Go ahead, next. Nat, Heck- Nat Hackett got the last laugh as the Jets beat the Broncos and Sean Payton. Mm, but the Jets treated a game against a one-win team as their Super Bowl and made fun of Payton on Twitter. The more embarrassing team is, dude, it's the oh, Broncos. Oh, it's the Broncos. Yeah, of it's course. This isn't even a question. The Broncos, Demonze, the Broncos have given up in the last four weeks, 877 yards rushing in four games. They're giving up a hundred. They're giving up 220 yards per game on the ground. They allowed the Jets to run for 150 in the second half. I, I, the the Broncos are got to be a total teardown. Total teardown. It's dude, Sean Payton, man. That's uh that's crazy. Like Nat Hackett got fired, if I'm not mistaken. He got fired, what, two games before the season ended last year? Yeah. Sean Payton was on he's on record obviously saying that it was the worst coaching job ever. Well, he's on pace to do a little bit less than Way what worse. Nat Hackett did. He's on pace um, to do worse. Yeah. The Broncos last year started two and three. And of the three losses, one was by nine points, one was by one point, and one was in overtime. The Broncos this year are one and four <laughs> and have gotten rolled in a couple of these games. They're allowing 36 point, 32 points per game. It's pathetic. All right, next. 
All right, you called for the tush push to be banned before everybody else, and it's only gotten worse since. Other teams have suffered injuries trying it, and even Aaron Donald isn't able to stop it. Without the tush push, the Eagles record would be... Well, they'd have a loss or two. I mean, it, listen, it is... The, I, I, the, the fact that no one else can do it makes it actually less likely that the NFL bans it. Uh, and... What do you think their record would be to Monza? You can put it up. Sorry, I forgot we're supposed to be right. Oh, no, it wouldn't be. The fact that they're just un- unstoppable on when it's third or four, third and one or fourth and one, it also opens up the play calling entirely. I, I don't want to... I find the play to be... What's the word? It sounds like you're jumping back on it a little bit, though. Like, you sound a little well, defeated, he- and you sound like it's like... It's a thing no, now. Like it's, I, it's here. not that, but I do think, it, again, I always just try to be fair. I do think the fact that other teams don't execute it well and they're not it, they're not successful with it is a mark in the Eagles' favor that <clears throat> it's not this unstoppable play. We have just made it unstoppable. My other argument teams try against and get it kind of screwed your yeah, argument. Well, no, it doesn't screw my right. argument, but I, I, I think it, I think it makes the Eagles' argument stronger. My argument against it is it's just terrible. It's just ugly. It's just yeah, not, I guess it, that way. Yeah. Um, I also my other argument against it is I think they're going to get somebody hurt. If I were Jalen Hurts, I'd be like, all right, guys, can we like just save this? Can we run normal offense? We know we have this thing. Can we maybe not do it in the first quarter of games against the Rams? Can we like try to <laughs> save it for like late in the year or the playoffs? Because and I understand people are like, oh, you can squat six hundred pounds. I get it, but the their center is a Hall of Famer, Jason Kelsey. He was considering ret- he's old. He was considering retirement, and it just feels like you're you're kind of. Flirting with a lot of danger here. Now, I will say one other thing about this play. Their left guard is false starting every time. Every time he's firing off before. And that if they are going to have this play that's so unstoppable, it the refs need to make sure that they're not getting an even further edge on it. But I just... If I were Jalen Hurts, I would be... I don't know. You say you should be embarrassed I would just, almost. I, not embarrassed, I. but embarrassed is not a – I joked Kinda about like that taking with him for Dusty, granted, who's an not Eagles using his fan. Skills, not but using. that's the – that's well, that's the thing. It, it does – there's a level of – now, they did just pay him. So it's not like, the you know, he has that part of risk, but it would be – Preserve me a little bit. We know we're not going to all of a sudden get bad at this. Now, Wilds had a great take on this, a great take, which was that in a game the Eagles are blowing someone out, they should do it a couple times and intentionally fail, so the NFL doesn't <laughs> ban it. That they That's should make bad. it appear like that they should make it appear like it can be stopped. All right, uh, next. Uh, so Mike. Miami's Miami's statistically been the best offense to start the season ever to start a season ever, as we know. When asked mm-hmm. about it, Mike McDaniel said, 
our whole goal this entire offseason was statistically statistical output through five games. You would describe Mike McDaniel as? I think he's funny. I think he's quirky. I like him. Uh, I, I think he's cool. I saw him on with my buddy Ryan Clark on the pivot. Have you seen the watch he wears on the sideline? Mm-mm. It's a it's a Breitling that probably cost trying to not trying to pocket watch him, but I I think it probably costs at least twenty five and maybe fifty grand. I think it's a solid gold. It's a statement piece, and uh, Ryan Clark asked him about it, and he was like, "Oh, there's actually a great story here." He said, "When I got the Dolphins job in the first meeting, I told the guys I'm going to go out today." And do something incredibly reckless. And he went out and bought the most expensive watch he could find. And then he came back and he showed the team. He's like, all right, guys. There's a chance in a year I look like a total idiot for this. Because I fail and I'm fired and I'm not making this type of money ever again. And I look and and it's a day in. You know what I mean? I bought something that is irresponsible he's like or we succeed and this doesn't you know what i mean this is doesn't matter and i just thought i think there's a lot of really cool kind of i think it is tough for a guy i i want to make sure i'm right on this i'm going to check real quick i don't think he played football at any type of high level um okay well he, you know what? To his credit, he did play college football. I didn't realize it. Evidently, and this is so perfect, he was a wide receiver. And guess where? He's 5'9". The reason I didn't think he played football at high levels is because he's 5'9". But guess what? Demonze, if, you were to, if I were to tell you, okay, a guy played college football, but he's actually a total nerd, where would you think he went to college where he played college football? Uh, what is the school? Maybe. Maybe go ahead. What, what is it? It's definitely is it one of those army schools? Not one of the army. No, schools. no, no, not an army school, but an Harvard? Ivy League school. <laughs> Yale. He played wide Yale? receiver at <laughs> Yale, and which is actually funnier than Harvard. Um, uh. but so I think he has a really cool way of, re- of finding ways to relate to his players. I think some of his sideline interaction stuff is. Like when, I forget who it was, he was playing, oh, Justin Fields last year, and Fields kept running, and he ended up on the sideline in front of Mike McDaniel, and Mike McDaniel just says to him, stop it, man. Honestly, you got to stop it. You're, you got to stop it. Um, when he said to Tua last year, I was watching some of your high school tape last night, you, were, you sucked. Like, what was wrong with you? You were no good. I like him. I, I, and I think he's super sharp. I think he's super yeah. sharp and fun. I like him a lot. The players, I feel like, really like and respect him as well, mm. and that, and I think that is tough. I think it, I think there is, I think when you're super young and you didn't play at a high level, I think earning the respect of your players is tough, and I think he's done that. Um, all right, I don't the I don't even really care about the George Kittle T-shirt. We can move on. Take quick break. Answer your questions in the chat next. What's right? Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, welcome back in episode 184 of What's Right with Nick Wright. T-Bone says, sweet Kansas City Monarchs jacket, Nick. Thank you. This is a gift from my buddy SlimFest from the Church of Laszlo in Kansas City. He sent me this a long time ago. I love this jacket. Um, all right, uh, Connor McQueenie has a question for you, Demonze. He says, tell me an interesting fact about an animal. They're just putting you on the spot. A random, interesting animal fact. It's putting me on the spot. Well, otters eat their babies, and like they'll, uh, they'll like they don't eat their own babies, but like some otters will kidnap other otters and like hold them for ransom, uh, and like hide them Wait, from their moms. And, yeah, dude, otters get down really dirty. Uh, they they eat their they eat other people's young in their like little families. Um, really. Yeah, like seriously. they eat baby seals? Do they eat baby they eat baby seals or like baby otters? They eat other baby otters. Like they'll oh, eat okay. their no, own. No, I the, I just googled it right when you said it and they, they it seems like they do some really bad things to seals too. Yeah. All right. They, uh, well, that got dark pretty quick. All right, buddy. Yeah, should have given uh, ball ball pythons, they the scales you can rub them both ways. Um instead of like I the, actually the knew other that. snakes you Yeah. Yeah, that's what they call ball I knew pythons. that. Like smooth all around. Um, okay, all right. Next, Cole Draper. My favorite Nick. My favorite Nick is Coach Consult. <clears throat> is Nick? My favorite Nick is Coach Consultant Nick. Can we start an outreach program to help these guys that struggle with simple decision making? I listen. I'm not lying here. I've talked <laughs> with Mangini about doing like one of those. You know how Akeem. Do, like charges 50 grand for people to come for a week and work on footwork worth them with Kim Olajuwon. I you hold on you're about to be I can tell the look on your face you're so so disgusted with what I'm about to say here but I've talked to coach Mangini about doing like an annual weekend seminar for NFL coaches where I'm like guys there are a few things that are just black and white that you just have to get right. I'll put them on a sheet of paper. We'll drill you on them. And I am not – Bill Simmons used to say this, and he's 100% correct. If I owned an NFL team, one of my first steps of any head coach interview would be, all right, man, we're going to play blackjack together for an hour for real money, and I need to see you play. I need to see <laughs> if you can, in real time, quickly – understand the most basic do's and don'ts because if you can we can translate that to the it's uh some of these decisions if you right. can't you can't be my head coach um all right next all right marcus bryant question why is nick opposed to chicago trading the number one pick if justin keeps ball if justin keeps balling generational type of haul what would you trade patrick mahomes for Nothing. Caleb Williams. And Caleb's – no, well, no, you wouldn't. Caleb – I'm not saying Caleb's Patrick, but what I'm saying is that you, if you have the opportunity to draft – here's the thing. If you have the opportunity to draft Caleb, and let's just say it's from the Panthers pick, okay, that let's say the Bears don't have a high enough pick. So let's just follow those decision trees. If Justin is mediocre – 
then it's an easy decision. He says if Justin keeps balling, if Justin keeps balling, then you should be able to get an awesome haul for Justin. Someone will give you a lot for Justin. And you have your own pick. And then you draft Caleb uh, with the Panthers pick. And even if Justin is so excellent that you're like, oh my God, he might be as good as Caleb. You start the rookie contract clock over. Like, the thing with Justin is you've squandered these first three years. Right. And so even if he ends up being awesome, you got to pay him this offseason. And so there, if you have the number one pick, you must draft Caleb Williams. You cannot trade it unless someone, unless the Chiefs were offer you Mahomes for it, and they're not going to. <laughs> so you just can't. All right, next. Nico Draganish asks, you said on TV the Chiefs are practicing while winning games. Do you think it's possible that Philly is doing the same, not showing their full force while making sure they still win? Yes, hmm. I do offensively. Defensively, I think they have some real t- problems on the back end. I don't think that's about practice. I think that's about personnel. Right. But holy sh**, Jalen Carter's been unbelievable. Jalen Carter has been unbelievable. He's not been the best D-tackle rookie. I mean, he has been. But he's also just been one of the best D-tackles. And them, being able to, them going to the Super Bowl and then getting Jalen Carter is just unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. All right, next. Joe asked, did either of you catch the Wimby Chet battle? I saw the headbutt. I That's did. It. Okay, so here's the – listen, I Wimby looked pretty good. Chet looked pretty good. I give them both credit. Here's what I find interesting about the headbutt. So everybody put up the highlight of Wimby taking Chet to the hole. Chet retweeted it and wrote, he's got an unstoppable headbutt for show. That's what he wrote. He then edited it to add two laughing emojis and a handshake emoji on the end of it. He had the first tweet. Then he softened it with the laughing emojis and the handshake emoji. I liked the first tweet more. I I didn't, you know what, Chet? You didn't have to do that. He's trying to be more neutral. Trying to be more neutral. Yeah, but like this is, you're going to, you got to go up against this guy. Right, this is exactly. your cop. Too, too sweet these Don't days, let this... man. Take those emojis yeah. Okay, all right, last one. Uh, producer asks, thoughts on NB playing for USA in, in the Olympics? Love it. We're going to roll everyone. Le- listen, nobody underestimate the power of LeBron, y'all. The, LeBron he, says... Wait. <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. Dude, go. This is the, the Steph Curry interview where he, uh, he started to say, uh, I've been talking to some... And then I've been talking to people like they were saying that he didn't want people to know that LeBron was really orchestrating it all. Um, He didn't like that. I I thought that was, I I don't know. Cause he started, he definitely started to say Braun, but go ahead. I mean, I just know that LeBron said, I want to play, you know, LeBron's going to be going into 40 years old, coming off his 21st season in the league. And he's like, yeah, I want to play more basketball. I want to play in the Olympics and to have Durant and Steph, and Embiid. I love it. I think it's so cool for uh, Team USA. I think the whole thing's awesome. All right, this is a great show. Great job, Demonze. Great job, all the producers. We will see you guys on Thursday. I'm going to be on with Colin in about 90 minutes, and then the TV show today at 3, Mahomes Mountain at 4 o'clock. See you guys there. What's right now.